0: Welcome to episode 22 of Miles and Pints, the Travel and Beer Podcast. I'm Derek Dye. And I'm Jeff Brownson. And together,
1: we're drinking our way through this amazing world one pint at a time.
0: Whether you love to travel, you love a cold local beer, or you just can't get enough of either, you're listening to the right podcast. That's what we're here to talk about. In
1: today's episode, we'll be finishing up our conversation with Charles McCool from McCool Travel. We have a chance to get a little more information about his travel for business and how that differs from his leisure travels. Charles also tells us some of his favorite international destinations and some of his must-see spots here in the United States. Finally, we'll talk to him about how to find a great craft beer when you travel, wherever it is that you choose
0: to roam. This is also our second episode that includes a Miles and Points with Pints segment, giving you all the updates from the week in the travel reward space. You'll have to let us know what you think about this format for our episodes going forward.
1: Before we get to that interview and those updates, though, let's take a minute to thank our regular listeners. Without you, we'd just be talking to ourselves. If you haven't already, click that button to subscribe to the show so you don't miss anything we have coming
0: down the line and now let's get to the good part sit back relax crack open your favorite brew and enjoy the conclusion of our chat with charles mccool so charles that's in a nutshell mccool travel let's transition now to your personal travel style whether with your wife or not do you normally do most of your trips solo? Do you go as a couple or do you travel with family or a larger group of friends and family? How do, how do you normally travel?
2: Yeah, all of the above. Um, my children are 24 years old. eek. Um, so five years ago, I was doing family trips. Um, now that's fairly rare probably half my travel now would be with my wife and then half might be solo, but pandemic is weird. There's been no travel for the last nine months. Um, actually last 12 months. Um, but I was
1: going to (laughs) say, if you've been traveling nine months ago, you're doing better than most of us. No, I I was, you got the notice late to stay. (laughs) home.
2: I was able to sneak in one trip, but yeah, no, I haven't traveled at all the last 12 months essentially. But when I go out there, um, probably two-thirds of the press trips that I do will be by myself and then maybe another third with my wife. Uh, it just it totally varies on, you know, what I'm working on. Um, and most of those press trips are, well, I don't know, maybe half and half I'm by myself or with another group. It could be another journalist or it could be up to eight journalists. Um, if I'm, tr- so a lot, of, I guess you can call that business travel, so if I'm doing my own travel where I'm paying for it and do want to do things that I enjoy, I guess there's a whole different um, philosophy there. So I guess what I talked about is business travel.
1: And I'm interested, you mentioned that your kids are a little bit older now, so it's not as much family travel with them. And I'm reaching the point oddly in, in my life where that is going to start being a thing. And we're talking about trips for next year. And we were talking about something for spring break next year. And my wife said something, and I was like, "Well, Ryan won't be there with us because he'll be in college." Oh. And she was like, "What? No. Oh. no." And she's having a very hard time with that. I'm having a hard time with the fact that we won't have the whole family together, but I'm kind of excited that I only need to look for three award seats for some of these <laughs> trips instead of four. Sure. <laughs> so it's I mean, I'm sure it's going to be some of both as it as it comes back and forth, but uh, we're we're excited yet sad about that stage of life
0: starting. Of course. So Charles, when you're traveling, let's say for business, is it normally luxury travel? Are you flying first class or business class and staying in five-star hotels? Or is it mostly economy and whatever hotel they choose for
2: you? 95 percent economy flights and the only time I'm gonna be in first class is if I use my own you know methods of, of getting bumped up. So I'm covered almost all the time for my flights. So if I have to pay my own, the ideal situation is if they let me book my own fares and reimburse me. So I love those situations because obviously I'm getting the points, I'm getting you know extra points for spending and what have you. But yeah, so I'm almost always flying in an economy. Um, I will, being the savvy traveler that I am, you know, I'll massage the flights to my benefit. So if it's, if I know it's going to be a Monday morning flight to Chicago and I know it's going to be overbooked and full of business travelers, I might fly on Saturday and, you know, stay in a hotel for a couple of nights and do my own thing or something like that. There have been five star hotels. Um, I've had, I've been very fortunate and I've had some very luxurious opportunities, but most of the time I'm staying in a chain hotel or a nice inn or independent hotel. Um, I have, you know, after a while, I had to realize that the hotel taxes pay the um, Convention and Visitor Bureau budget. That's where they get their money. So, and it's a government agency. So, I kind of have to work with what they offer me. So, for instance, I love Naples, Florida, and Southwest Florida. You know, I'd love to stay in the JW Marriott, Marco Island, and I'd love to stay at the Ritz-Carlton and do a whole luxury angle, but that just may not be right, you know, for my audience and than for me to cover, so it's more likely that you know I'm staying in a nice, you know, Hilton Garden or something like that. But I can't complain. Um, most of the time, I do get points, so I've accumulated a lot more points in the uh, hotels and airlines that I wouldn't have had to do on my own dime.
1: And when you're traveling with your wife, or if the the kids can manage to meet up with you somewhere. Do you stay in that same kind of thing because you have the the loyalty statuses with the hotels or you're comfortable with those hotels? Or would you do an upgrade there to stay somewhere nice and make it this amazing vacation for the family?
2: So like if it wasn't the business trip, if it was a leisure trip, do you mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. If it was just you both don't have anything going on for a couple of days or a week and you're going to sneak off somewhere. I know it probably doesn't happen that often for you guys, but if it's just fully on your own, nobody's paying for anything.
2: Yeah. You know, we're quite comfortable with the uh, the mid-level hotel chains. So, you know, I'm fine with my IHG and and Marriott status. So I would just, you know, look for Spring Hill Suites or Holiday Inn and Suites. You know, I'm fine with those. You know, I'll go through TripAdvisor and other reviews and make sure that it has a certain cleanliness level and maybe a new property or something like that. But yeah, I... Have status, if you want to say that, so that I can typically get a nicer room or something like that. But by no means do I feel like I need to pay three times as more to stay at a Ritz Carlton versus uh, you know a midline property. So we tend to value you know dining out and and different experiences more than than lodging, for instance. But you know I don't knock people that have a different philosophy. It's I think there's different solutions for what everybody wants to do.
0: And through the years, tell us a little bit about your travels, both personally and for business. How many, how many states have you visited? How many countries have you visited?
2: I honestly don't keep track of the number of countries I've been to. I know it's over 25, but I'm pretty sure it's not over 50. So I think I'm in that area. I've been to Morocco, but I haven't touched anywhere else in Africa been to Ecuador and Colombia, but there's a, all the rest of South America. So, so I know there's so much more of the world to see. I have been to every state on personal travels, and I've been to most of them on business travels. So I just made that a point. That was one of my priorities, to visit every state on my own. So I've road tripped. I've stayed in every state. You know, I'm, I don't put value in, in being the person who has gone to every country or anything like that. Um, I have my favorites. As Jeff said, I love coastal Mississippi. Um, I'll go back there whenever I can. I love the whole U.S. Gulf Coast, everything from Key West over to South Padre. I think it's some of, they have some of the best beaches in the world. So why not go to, you know, Sarasota instead of flying to Thailand? Um, you know, it's very cost effective. But there are a lot of places I still want to go to, too, that I haven't been to.
1: And we're working on getting up to one of my wife's goals is to make sure that we've been to all 50 states. And I think you mentioned I, that you've stayed in all those places where people count things in different ways. Sure, of I, course. There are several states I've been to, but I don't check it off the list of having been there unless I've stayed a night there. Okay. So we're <laughs> this road trip, if we get a car on Saturday, is going to check off three more states for both of us, and we're excited about that. Wonderful. But we're we we still have a ways to go. I think I'm at I don't know 41 maybe now or 42, and we'll I'll check off a few more here. But we'll sneak those in. We'll we'll get our way up there. We're a little bit higher than you on countries, I Of course, think, but yeah. That's I mean, it's because of what I do versus what you do. I work with miles and points and and long distance travel and that kind of thing, and you do a lot more with destinations in the U.S. and it's like you said to to each person they have their own ways of doing things and that doesn't mean one person is right and the other person is wrong it's if you're enjoying things and it goes back to your if you're having happiness in travel and you're having fun and you're having a good time then that's the way you should be traveling (laughs) that's if everyone figures out the way that try the the way that they can travel that makes them happiest and just travels in that way and travel as a whole is going to be a much happier place.
2: And if you don't know then go ahead and experiment until you find out what you do like. So, I mean, there's there's no problem with that.
1: Now, let's talk about the I, I mean, this is we've mentioned some tough stuff your book came out just uh, before 9/11. Now we're going to hit the the next big badness in travel, which is COVID. And we touched on that being a, a kind of a, a 12 month break at this point, uh, things are starting to open a little back up. And the first question I was going to ask was how has COVID affected your travel, but you've already kind of answered that and saying that you, you haven't, you've just done local stuff and you haven't done a lot of travel, but Can we touch just a little bit on how it has affected your business and whether that be with web traffic or with negotiating deals with different destinations and brands or uh, speaking contracts? I'm assuming you haven't done anything in person, but maybe you've done some virtually. How how have you had to shift things at this point or are you just kind of hanging on and and waiting for the, the end and things to open back up?
2: It's more the latter, I'm more just hanging on. But that's my situation. You know, I know a lot of people, like I said, they've, they've pivoted to having local blogs or, or frankly, getting out of the travel industry or doing something else. So my situation is I could wait it out. Um, my traffic has dipped, I don't even know, I don't, you know, I don't look at the numbers day to day. So but I would say there's a significant, probably 75% drop in traffic. I've never had ads on my website, so it's not something I intimately check. So the people that rely on ad revenue or affiliates, which would be like referrals for credit cards or Airbnb bookings or something like that, they've had to redo their business model. Me, my theory has been all along, all I want to do is travel. And again, that's not what everybody else wants to do. That's what I want to do. So when a destination wants me to come visit and they cover all my expenses, I'm thrilled. And and frankly, there are some people that I consider very viable peers, either from the travel industry or other industries. It's like, Charles, you got to charge. You need a per diem rate. You got to charge a lot of money for the content. And it's just not something I want to do. Um, I'm, I'm content with getting free travel. So yeah, I'm kind of waiting it out. Um, Like I said, my wife's business is doing well during the pandemic because people are traveling locally. So our dynamic is good that, you know, I can assist her with projects and do fine tuning on my website so that I'm ready to go when we're vaccinated and feel like the time is right. But I have a lot of friends that are traveling without being vaccinated. And I'm not out there saying it's wrong or anything like that. It's their decision it's just not what i wanted to do so when destinations and brands are contacting me about when are you going to be ready to come you know it's just like uh, i need to be vaccinated first so but that's my personal
0: are you seeing any type of uptick in business interest on the business side of things in say the last two to three months as the vaccine rollout is
2: increasing I'd say more like the last two weeks, because there's been a lag. And I I mentioned that hotels fund the budgets for the destinations. So frankly, there's been a ton of attrition. There's been a ton of layoffs and furloughs. So a lot of people that I have worked with in the past have either not worked for a while or they've changed industries or they're just sitting at home waiting to come back to work. So a lot of people are coming back to work in the tourism industry because the revenues are increasing from consumers paying the hotel taxes. So that's probably more of the driver that I'm seeing. But, you know, I pay attention to the news and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. And I, I see what's going on in Miami Beach and with the flights and things like that. So I know people are traveling. Um, again, wait and see. Um, you know, I don't have any expectations for what's going to happen and we'll see what happens.
1: And I think you kind of touched on a a problem that some of these destinations are going to have as we start to come out of this, in that they can't do the marketing until they get some money from the hotel stays, but they aren't going to get the hotel stays until they can do some marketing and let people know that they're open and they should come stay there. So it's going to be maybe a little bit slower for things to get back off the ground and get back up and running because of that, that model and the way that those those vacation bureaus are financed.
2: I'm expecting that. And that's why I said it's a wait and see. I mean, you can just think of someone like New Orleans. You know, they're going to have a huge budget. They're going to be fined year round, essentially. So people will go there. They'll be able to host travel riders right away. But, you know, a second tier destination, Loudoun County, Virginia, you know, where we know they They're severely hampered budget-wise, so they probably won't be able to host journalists for a while and produce new content. So you're right. So it just kind of depends.
1: Yeah, and I can say, I mentioned at the beginning of the show that we're working with Visit Loudon and the Loco Ale Trail is our first sponsor for the site, but in or for the podcast. But in working with them, when I first presented it to them and was talking to them, they said, okay, we like what you're talking about here and what you're doing. But here's the thing, our budget comes from the the stay taxes. And we didn't get those for the last year. So I need, they said, we need some hard data and to see some of your numbers of downloads in this and you need to convince me why some of our very small budget should go to you, not just to convince me, but because I have to pass this along to the person that writes the checks. Sure. And if they don't, if they, if you haven't convinced me and can't convince them, then we can't give you the money because we just don't have a lot to give out. Of course. And I think the smaller destinations like that are going, we're going to see that, that they're much more picky about who they're working with and they're looking for quality and demonstrated content going Mm -hmm. forward as we start to come out and people start traveling more.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But for your viewers, get out there and travel, support your local economy, support whatever economy you can, you know. I like to say, skip the chains. Um, you know, so, you know, if you had a choice of staying, you know, I don't want a dog Hilton or someone like that, but you know, those mom and pop B and B's, you know, they might be like one stay away from surviving for another month or something like that. Support your local craft brewery, instead of buying those big box things at, um, your grocery store. I'm totally for that.
1: Yeah. And we're huge on that, obviously supporting the local craft breweries. I have been doing my best to support local craft breweries around here. (laughs) My wife is probably not so happy with it because we have a fridge that's a a quarter to half full of beer at all times. Um, And I keep leaving. And I mean, we were supposed to record yesterday, but that didn't happen. But I was still out till 930 or 10 at night with Derek. And we went to a couple of breweries and I'm doing my best, the best that I can to support my local breweries. (laughs)
0: It's a full-time job to do that, but someone has to do it, and someone needs to do it because they need to survive, right? So luckily, Jeff and I are willing to volunteer and do the dirty work to help support these local breweries. I mean, if we have to do it, we'll yeah. do it. We have All to. Right. It's, it's our obligation in life.
2: The struggle is real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, or thank you for your service. <laughs> yeah, or thank, yeah, thank
0: it's you. It's a rough
1: yeah, life, yeah. but uh, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> But going back to, yeah, I mean, you said that you're kind of hanging out and waiting and you have the ability to do that because you had a full career in the IT world and you didn't throw your money away when you got done with that. So you have the ability to sit back a little bit and wait. So many other people don't. Um, I, I've gone kind of the other way with this and that I really ramped this up and started this during the pandemic. So I like to believe that things are only going to get better with this business with miles and Pites. Right. Um, I don't, maybe that's not the case, but I like to think it is, but I also have the benefit of, uh, I mean, my wife makes good money. I have made good money over the years and have saved a decent amount of it. So I can play with this a little bit and I can see where this takes off. And I think that we will together be looking for travel to pick up and looking for things to pick up and you will get back to what you were doing and I will see if I can make this a thing and make this a, if people really enjoy travel and beer content when they're not stuck in their houses with nothing to do but listen to podcasts.
2: Yeah, I I think for people, I guess in our situation, the way you just described it, you gotta do what you love doing. You know, you wanna be passionate about it, you wanna enjoy what you're doing. If um, you wanna say your basic necessities are taken care of. I'll keep doing what I'm doing. You know, I'll keep traveling and I'll keep writing about it. And let's just say the destinations don't come around and they don't have the budget for 18 months to two years. I'll do it on my own. I have a nice pool of points, thanks to you and other friends. And, you know, I'll redeem those for a couple nights at a time and do road trips. But um, that's my situation. Uh, But it is important to do what you want to do, that you enjoy doing it.
0: When speaking what we're passionate about and doing what we're passionate, I know we're all passionate about beer. So let's, let's really hone in and focus on, on specifically your travels with regard to beer and, and filling that passion in your life. Have you, have you had some beer-specific or beer-centric travels
2: more like I incorporate beer into my travels. I Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Of course. So almost every trip that I do, I'm going to go to at least one craft brewery, and that's just part of the, you know, modern paradigm. There's just you know so many craft breweries that are opening up, so it's easy to weave that into storylines for most destinations. It's just like farm to table over the last few years, you know, the destinations want to promote their craft beer and their craft beverage industry.
1: And so many people are visiting those craft breweries when they travel that I think it's you're almost doing a disservice to your readers if you don't touch on that when you're there so they know what to expect.
2: Yeah. And I think when the destinations develop a storyline with me, you know, it's part of the narrative. You know, they'll ask, do you want to visit a a brewery, a whiskey operator or something like that? Because certainly there are people out there that don't drink. So you don't want to have them do that. There are people that are vegan or there are people that are traveling with their children. So it depends, but for me, yes. And that's why we're talking about this sort of thing. Beer is, it makes a trip better.
0: Yeah. it ups the happiness, right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and do you like to do beer research on your own before you arrive or do you just find uh, local places once you're there to go visit?
2: I generally don't do a lot of research no matter what I'm doing, whether it's beer or anything. If I know I'm going to a destination that has something unique, maybe they have skydiving over the Gulf of Mexico or something like that. You know, I might investigate that, but every destination has craft beer beer pretty much, so I can kind of wait till I'm there. Um, I'll do a little um, research online. I might just hit people up on Twitter and say, "Hey, I'm in blah blah. You know, where should I go?" Or go to one craft brewery, and you know, I found that it's such a great industry. You know, they'll recommend their friends because it's 100%. one of, yeah, it's one of those things where you know a rising tide rises all ships or something like that. So one craft beer place doing well, you know, helps another one do well. So. So there's various ways to find where to go.
1: We found in talking to so many craft breweries that that's absolutely the case. And you, if you ask, uh, talking to a brewer or an owner, like, tell us a little bit about your competitors, they say, no, no, we don't have competitors. We have other craft breweries that are around us. And if someone comes to this town to visit craft breweries, we're all doing better because of it. So we work very well together and... People aren't typically going to come to a town and stay for three days and visit one craft brewery. If they like them, they might go to three craft breweries or four craft breweries. And if we can help other breweries bring people in and market, then we're absolutely going to do that. And I think we're seeing a lot of that with collaborations between different breweries and towns and even from faraway places That those collaborations kind of let people, if they're a fan of one craft brewery, they find out about another one and they say, well, this beer that they made together is really good. Maybe I'll go check out this other place. And I think I love the way that the craft beer industry does that and the travel industry does that a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see a little bit more of that. But again, it's just like you said, the the more you bring up the industry as a whole, the better it's going to get for everyone in it.
2: Yeah. Another thing that I would do, let's say I flew into a destination at random, you know, whatever. I haven't done any research. I end up at a place. Let's just say that I go to a beachside restaurant and order fish tacos. It's like, well, what kind of local beer do you have? You know, they'll either have some or they won't. Let's say they have one. Now I've learned about a craft beer place that I can go. If they don't have any, let's assume that the waiter, the waitress is kind of locally oriented i'll ask them what kind of craft beer places there are so again there's so many ways to find out and um you kind of have to like really have blinders on to not find a craft beer place i think in most destinations
0: it's a good problem
1: to have yeah exactly (laughs) and that's a great trip for for beer as well as for food or it really anything in travel but if you are at a local restaurant. Most of those people working there are locals. So ask them like, exactly. Hey, where do you go to get a drink? Where's your favorite cocktail bar? Where's your favorite craft brewery? Where's your favorite restaurant? And what I've found is a lot of times, especially in foreign countries, people will, uh, often recommend the places they know that tourists like or they know that it has an English menu or they know that this. So you kind of have to get a little deeper and have a conversation with people. But a good one that I found is like, if you're celebrating a birthday or an anniversary or something like that, where do you go to dinner? And that's a good way to find some of the better restaurants and
0: some of the best restaurants in these, especially smaller towns. I love
2: it. Yeah.
0: So tell us, say domestically, what's been your favorite beer city or beer town you visited that you really... You know, you still remember it in your mind, like I have to go back there sometime for their beer.
2: Dang, you know, we've talked about coastal Mississippi a couple of times, Jeff brought it up. Um, I love lazy magnolia there. Um, That Southern pecan is just that butter, you know, I'll I'll buy that wherever I can. Um, There was a place there called Hops and Growlers in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. And it's the first and only time that I've had grit beer, beer made with grits. Um, so I love you mm. I love unique things like that like most places you can go and get a, a porter and a Pilsner and things like that and just get their their variety of it. Um, I love going to Southwest Florida and South Florida and getting beer with tropical fruit I love the beer places around here but but a particular destination you know I'm really impressed with like Richmond Virginia um, they have a lot of, really creative um, beer places. And just go right on over to like Waynesboro, Waynesboro, Virginia. I I remember even, I think Coors opened up their East Coast factory there because of the purity of the water. Um, So the craft beer places around there, I just know really impressed me.
1: So this was secretly a great question for Derek and I to ask you because we're all local to the same area right. and with your wife being a local blogger. Uh-huh. We were going to get some of those places that we can easily drive to. So,
2: Well, there's two of them for you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, Mississippi is still one of those states I haven't been to. So you can bet I'm going to be going to the coast when I
2: get to that mm, state. Fantastic
1: just in general travel, can we get a couple of favorites of, uh, not for beer, but places you've been in your life? And it can be international, domestic, just the the top couple favorite places that you've been that people just need to see.
2: That's a good question. Um, so I have favorites, but that's a good way of putting it. Because in the last four to five years, I've gone to like Iceland and Norway, and those two places just knocked me out. Like, you know, you're driving around Iceland and, you know, that's amazing. Then you turn the corner. No, that's amazing. No, you just have the the amount of oohs and ahs per mile is astounding in in Iceland. So I think that's really a place that people need to go.
1: And it's so different than what we've seen here, the landscape that it almost looks like you're on the moon or on Mars or Absolutely. Somewhere that's not here when you could leave the airport there.
2: No, truly. Um, And you you weren't able to leave the airport?
1: (laughs) No, when you leave the airport. Oh, okay. I'm saying like, as soon as you pull out and head into Reykjavik, it's as you're driving along, you're like, what is like, there's no grass. It's just these weird rock lava stuff all around me. It's just strange.
2: Yeah. I mean, I want to go back there and see the whole island. I only spent four days there and just saw the Southern coast. So I know it's a phenomenal country. way i got to go on a cruise with viking a couple years ago and just the scenery and the fjords and just going down the coast was just astounding so i think that's another country
1: viking is one of those cruise lines and they do mostly small small boat cruises if not all small boat
2: cruises they have ocean liners now with 900 passengers
1: but they're um i i have never heard anyone who has gone on a viking cruise and not been super happy with it
3: uh-huh. Exactly. And I just,
1: I would love to someday get on one. My parents were scheduled for one um, last summer and then this summer and then now next summer. <laughs> so hopefully they will actually get on one with some some friends of theirs from college and they're all vaccinated now. I sure. say from college, but it is my parents. So its yeah. I mean, they're all in their uh, late 60s to early 70s now but they're excited about going and well, they were excited and then they were less excited and now they were excited again and then less excited and hopefully they will be excited next summer and be able to go and cruise around Europe a little bit with Viking.
2: But even domestically for your US audience, you know, like I found it on coastal Mississippi, it's between New Orleans and um, Mobile, Alabama. Most people will drive I-10 between those two cities and make those their destinations, but you just dip down to the coast. Amazing, amazing beaches, food, craft beer, beverage scene there. Um, I I love all U.S. Gulf Coast beaches. I think those beaches of Sarasota, Anna Maria Island, St. Petersburg, Clearwater are just phenomenal. And I think why you know, of course, go to Hawaii for Hawaii. But I mean, the beaches are are comparable or better along the Florida Gulf Coast.
1: Better and easier to get to and cheaper.
2: Exactly, and it's cheaper for most of us. Um, if you haven't been to Southern Utah, the, the ring of the five national parks there, phenomenal. Um, you know, just you know, make it a point to see that. And it's a day trip from Vegas. You know, go to Vegas, that's fine, go do that. Go drive through Utah and then fly back home from Salt Lake City, something like that. You know, be creative and see some of our country, just everybody I talk to around the world, you know, People want to come to the United States still um, and once again, but you know we have so many treasures and things that are enviable for the rest of the world.
1: And I've had people internationally say, oh, if I'm going to take a trip to the US, what should I see? And I just, I mean, I don't know how to answer that question. There's so much. If you love big cities, yeah, go to LA, go to New York. Um, if you want a little more history, then maybe go to Boston or Philadelphia or D.C. If you want no city whatsoever, you can be in the middle of nowhere in Yellowstone or, or Arches National Park or some of these national parks and the surrounding areas. The national parks are amazing and there's trails to go on and routes to drive through. But it's a, the landscape doesn't start and stop at the national park border. If you're just outside those parks, the rest of those states has some just amazing things to see.
2: Yeah, truly. And you know, realize the United States is bigger than Europe. So Europe has so many different flavors. Belgium is different from France and Portugal and Spain and what have you. Put all that in the United States, we're the same. You know, West Virginia is so different than Idaho and there's so many treasures to see in our country.
1: And people have been doing a little more of that travel. People who have been traveling during the pandemic have been seeing more of the U.S. And I think overall that a lot of travelers who have gone mostly internationally for several years have now realized, wait, there's a whole lot to see here in the U.S. too. And I think that's a great lesson for them to learn and for everyone to learn. That is, if you can't do an international trip, if you don't have enough points, if you don't have enough money, if you can't do a big fancy trip to Europe... You can have an amazing experience right here in the US and probably within a couple hours of where you live, there is something absolutely fantastic for you to see and visit even just for a weekend at a cheap uh, bed and breakfast and eat at local restaurants. And you won't spend much more than you were if you were home and you can still travel and see something new.
2: Absolutely. Find a new international restaurant to go to. You know, we live in the DC area. Pop into DC, there are phenomenal restaurants that are Representing cuisine from around the world. So it's a mini vacation anytime you eat in DC Yeah,
1: or in Northern Virginia the I mean the Asian food in Northern Virginia is crazy good And I other types too, but that what is what really sticks out to me the the Korean food or Vietnamese food or Thai food There are just so many options around where we live that it's you're almost at a different country. We have a local uh, Peruvian chicken place that we walk in and it's like you've entered Peru and mm-hmm. I walk in. You, I mean, I, I order in Spanish. I have the whole, I conduct the whole thing in Spanish because I know, I mean, I know enough Spanish to get chicken and some side dishes and things. If they asked me some more deeper questions, I probably couldn't do it. But you walk in and it seems like they have the Inca colas in the cooler and they have the chips that you find when you travel to Central and South America. And they, it's like you've entered this little place that isn't really here. And I I love going there and I love ordering the food and their food of course is delicious. And it's called, I obviously as a, a a central American or Southern South American chicken place would be called, it's called super chicken. So (laughs) you might have to dig a little bit to find these authentic places. That's great. So let's uh, close up here with, I guess, we've talked about travel we've talked about your business your wife's business and we'll we'll get some links up so everybody can find those things i i can't speak highly enough about the content that you put out and i i've been following you for years and seeing these stories and seeing the way you present these destinations and like i said when we when we had the brewery drop out on us yesterday and we were thinking well we need an episode for friday I immediately thought of you as someone who would be an interesting person to talk to who would have a great story in the travel world And who like I said is always happy to grab a beer so if people are interested in learning more about uh, McCool travel or Charles McCool in general, can you let people know just a quick rundown of where they can find you online?
2: Yeah online uh, McCool travel M C C O O L travel.com dot travel I also have a few other websites that point to that, so if you don't remember McCool Travel for some reason, you can go to Funness.com, F-U-N-N-E-S-S, LiquidRoadTrip.com. I actually have the Fun Traveler also. So all those things redirect to my website. On most social media, I use my name instead, Charles McCool, so you can find me at, at Charles McCool on Instagram, Twitter, what have you. I also have McCool Travel, but um, I primarily use my name and build that up as a brand. But yes, fire me off questions, comments, and I'm happy to talk to people.
1: Fantastic. And thank you so much for taking time out of your day today and for having a midday beer with me, even though Derek
0: wouldn't have one with us. Next time. Sorry, guys. Next time. Thanks for being here, Charles. We really appreciate it, and it was great talking with
2: you. All right. Take care, my friends.
0: Okay, everyone,
1: thanks for hanging around with us to the end of the episode, where we get to our Miles and Points with Pints segment, giving you all the updates and what's happening with the travel rewards space this week. So, Derek, we've got a few things. Uh, As as always, we have several things happening in the credit card space. I'm going to let you go ahead and get started with some of the Chase updates, where we usually get started.
0: Well, Jeff, there is good news on the Chase front. Unlike what MX may do by pulling offers early... One week into the launch, the elevated offers on the Chase Sapphire Preferred and Reserve are still available. So that's good news. Uh, Chase didn't do anything fast and pull them after a week. Uh, we mentioned on last week's show, 80,000 points for the Chase Sapphire Preferred plus a $50 grocery bonus that's still available. We hope that'll be around for a few months. Highest ever offer if you are eligible under $524, have not had a Sapphire sign up. Bonus post in the last 48 months you are eligible and you should be rushing to get this card.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's a no-brainer, right? I mean...
1: It's a lot of points. It's with that $50 grocery, they're they're basically paying you to get that card with the points and the grocery bonus, and I, I mean, I wish I could get another one of them.
0: I know. I think we we all wish we were there. And luckily, a lot of our friends that have been in this space as long as we have, they got the CSR when it first launched back in 2017 or late 16 into early 17, when the 100,000 point offer went away. So a lot of our friends that have been doing this for a long time are now eligible again for another CSR or CSP. And not to yeah. be forgotten, the CSR is 60,000 points, which is the highest bonus that there has been since the 100,000 point that went away in early 2017.
1: And that's great timing for so many people who are active in the miles and points and travel rewards space, like you mentioned, that are now eligible for this card, and it's like Chase is giving them a big bonus to keep them in the Chase and the Ultimate Rewards family. Good move by Chase, and good good move to get that card for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, and again, if you're eligible, don't think twice about it. It's a no-brainer. It's the biggest no-brainer in the Points and Miles world. If you are eligible, get one of them now, tomorrow, the next day. Don't think about it too long. It could be gone. Get it uh, if you are eligible. Also, Jeff, big update. I know a lot of people were concerned. We've been talking about IT problems and things missing for months now, it seems. Since our last episode, the Hyatt bonus points posted for people. Um, Did yours arrive? Oh, wait, you didn't knock out that promo, did you? Yeah, yeah, rub it in, rub it in, rub it in.
1: (laughs) But, I I mean, in true form to the way the world works, I think, we decided to start doing this segment weekly so that we could get people more up to date. And sure enough, the first one that we recorded for our weekly segment was out of date the next day. We talked about how the points had not posted, and then sure enough, they start posting the next day while I was still editing that episode. So, I mean, it's, it's good to see those points coming in. It. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to start doing daily updates. I don't know how to
0: keep up with this space. But uh, for now, we're well, going to at least stick the with world didn't shut down again. Yeah. At least yeah, the world least didn't th- shut down like our first episode. <laughs> Sarah's points did post uh, as advertised. I think they must have just sent them out in a uh, a wave. And hers posted last Friday, uh, along with a lot of other people's. So, good news. Excellent.
1: Uh, In other news with Chase, you still have the chase.com slash my bonus is a spot that you can go to to look for your Q2 bonuses on some of their co-branded cards. Those are targeted, so you may or may not have offers there, but if you do have offers there, a lot of people are seeing offers for 5x on specific spend, some grocery, some gas uh, on a lot of those co-branded cards. So definitely take a look, see if that's something where you can earn some extra points on things you're spending money on anyway.
0: And now that we are in April, let's hope that more people are targeted for those quarter two bonuses. So uh, once the calendar rolled over to 4-1, you know, let's hope uh, round after round of targeted bonuses go out. Speaking of second quarter, Jeff, that's a big deal in the credit card world. We have new quarter categories for specific cards. In the chase world, that is the freedom and the freedom flex. Quarter two categories are gas stations and home improvement. You can earn 5X rewards up to $1,500 spend, total of 7,500 ultimate rewards available uh, for spend at gas stations and home improvement stores in the second quarter. You mentioned this a couple of weeks, Jeff, but this is super easy for those of us that have been in the space for a while. Yeah, absolutely an
1: easy category for many people because the ability to buy gift cards at gas stations and at many home improvement stores, especially the bigger ones, Home Depot and Lowe's, sell gift cards to a, a variety of places, and it's it's fairly easy to do that, or you can be like me and go on a road trip and spend a bunch of money on gas and uh, always be constantly doing stuff to your home. So I will have no problem hitting those $1,500 categories with the stuff I'm doing around the house, uh, trying to screen in a porch, trying to finish up a bathroom, and a variety of things like that. But if you can't do that, and you need to round out that spend or do the $1,500 and spend, gift cards are a great way to do that at those
0: locations. And I mentioned it a few weeks ago when we first talked about the announcement of these quarters, it's worth repeating. This is a quarter where, if especially if you're a procrastinator and you forget to do things, this is an easy one where the first week of April, like when you're listening to this podcast run out this afternoon or tomorrow morning and just buy gift cards for places you will spend the money Um, visa gift cards or mastercard gift cards for the grocery store for gas for restaurants what have you just knock out that fifteen hundred dollar spend and then you can sock drawer that card for the next almost three months and not think about it, it's already done. That would be my advice, so long as you will, one, use those cards, and two, you can float that spend and pay off your bill at the end of the month. And Jeff, while we're talking about quarter two, we can bump over to the Discover It card. It's also a quarterly bonus card, uh, which began this week, and that is 5% cash back on up to 1,500 spend in quarter two at gas stations notice the theme here wholesale clubs and streaming services so if you would like to take advantage of the five percent cash back on the discover it 1500 spend at gas wholesale clubs streaming services jeff do you have a Discover It by chance i do
1: i have uh, a couple of them i have one my wife has one and again a pretty easy category If you're spending at wholesale clubs, I don't, I mean, I personally can't get out of there without spending two or $300 every time I go into Costco. I don't know (laughs) if anyone else can. But so, and I mean, if you typically are spending at those places, easy to do. But again, if you are, uh, can buy gift cards at gas stations, you can buy gift cards at the wholesale clubs. They have discounted restaurant gift cards and discounted all sorts of travel gift cards and depending on what wholesale club it is. And uh, streaming services, I don't know that I would put... I mean, I I guess if you do a bunch of different streaming services, I would do this, but uh, there are various cards that give you credit for things like that, so I would keep those over there. You notice that both Discover and Chase have put gas as one of their categories, and I think that's kind of forward thinking of them, thinking that the US especially is going to open up for travel, people wanna get out of their houses, and a lot of people are gonna be doing those road trips and domestic vacations, so they wanna help people and encourage them to put that spending on the cards when they're buying gas and, and going on those quick and, or maybe not even quick going on those trips uh, throughout the U S
0: this summer. Yeah, that's right. I think you're right. And I'm, um, um, I'm jealous of you having the multiple discover it's to max out at that 5% cash back. Cause the dye household has zero. Uh, I applied for one about a year and a half ago and was denied maybe because I was something like 25, 24, 26, 24 at the time, that was an instant denial, and uh, I didn't even fight it because, you know, what am I gonna say? But yeah, I got six credit cards last month, but I need this one too, you know? Please, um, give me this one. So I had a Discover exactly. card, that
1: was that was my card back in college. My parents had always had a Discover card, so I've had Perfect. a Discover card for years, so eventually I switched that over to a Discover It, and grabbed one for my wife uh i don't know five or six years ago i think so we've had those for quite a while because it's i mean it's a no fee card there's no reason not to keep it and especially when it's when they're doing these quarterly bonuses like this
0: perfect yeah 75 bucks back per quarter on a no annual fee card right 300 bucks a year just for doing a little bit of targeted spend. that's about as good as it gets before we move on to mx jeff big news from the chase corner this week probably the biggest news of the week uh at least on a credit card front the chase pay yourself back program was officially extended through september 30th i believe
1: yeah and this had been a rumor we thought we thought we would maybe see that happen but they officially announced that they are extending it and again it's a a great thing that people can do with their points if they're not able to travel if they're earning a whole bunch of points it's a great way to get a little bit of those points cashed out And they, I believe they kept the categories the same. Am I right about that?
0: That's right. Yeah. And that, that was kind of the biggest surprise to me. You and I uh, had talked about on the show last week or the week before we expected those to change, honestly. And uh, you gave some really good analysis on why we thought it would change as people, as the world opened up and people weren't sitting at home as much anymore. But They kept them the same, grocery stores and home improvement. Again, we're seeing a a theme here tonight. Basically, everything is a category bonus. You can pay yourself back at home improvement stores. I guess uh, you would think there's a construction boom going on or something, Jeff. Um, Surprise, but I still think it's great categories. I mean, it doesn't get much easier, as you mentioned from before, buying gift cards, paying yourself back at 1.5 cents or 1.25 cents each. It's a really good way to burn your points if you are not traveling currently. So.
1: You never know. We can always hope for them to adjust some of those categories going forward. They did announce that it's going to go through the end of the summer there, but they could always add another category somewhere in there. Then maybe they'll do that, and we'll see how the spending goes and see what kind of a mood Chase is in, I guess.
0: With Amex, there's really no groundbreaking news. It's more so just reminders uh, as we are into April. Uh, As you're sitting here, all of your April co-branded Amex Restaurant credits are now live and can be used. So you have between $5 and $20 per month on all those co-branded cards, the Hilton cards, uh, all the personal cards, I should say, all the Hilton cards, the Marriott cards, the Delta cards. You have a restaurant credit between $5 and $20 per card. So pull those out of the sock drawer from last month and make sure you get that spend on there. One update on that, Jeff, I saw several data points online that loading your starbucks account is working to be credited and i've mentioned on our podcast before that when we attempted it it came up as an e-gift card um, an electronic gift card uh, and an internet purchase uh, and was not uh, it did not code as a restaurant and was not credited so maybe there's been a change but i did see Many data points that Starbucks online mobile loads were working so
1: And I wonder if that's something where they had so many people that were trying that and people called and complained and said Hey, I'm spending money with a restaurant here and they eventually just figured out how to make it work rather than deal with that Uh, I don't know or maybe it just again. It's one of those IT mysteries. Maybe it just started working This is a good example of something you should, uh, another good example of don't be like Jeff and procrastinate because these past couple of days before we did this recording here, I have been driving around in Kentucky and Indiana and I'm now in, uh, where am I? I'm in Missouri. (laughs) And I've had all of these credit cards that I've had to put 5 and 10 and $20 to spend on in restaurants, so I've been paying for every meal with a different credit card because I didn't bother to get it done earlier in the month. So it, it made my travel a little more complex this time, but it's done, and I have them with me, so I'll probably do that the next couple of days, too, and, and try and finish it out for next month with those cards.
0: Hey, not, not a bad plan at all if you can burn two months on one road trip, right?
1: Yeah, not bad, not bad at all. But I bet you planned it that way definitely easier if you can do it quickly and not have to worry about it and not have to worry about which Bonvoy card you're pulling out of your wallet when you're grabbing uh, whatever donuts for the kids in the morning. For sure.
0: Yep. Always better to have a plan and and use them in advance when you have a a plan for how you're going to do it. So as you're listening to the podcast, just go ahead and plan to go pull out those cards this afternoon and tomorrow and put some restaurant spend on them, and then you can sock drawer those cards until May.
1: Now, Amex did something a little bit uh, sketchier, which you alluded to earlier when you said that uh, Chase was keeping their offers around and not pulling them early like Amex did. But uh, they went ahead and pulled the, uh, the increased Hilton offers with the statement credits about a month earlier than they were scheduled to do that which caught a lot of people by surprise. Some people were waiting to apply for those just to get some timing rate and hit their minimum spends at various times. And I, there were several people who were unhappy about that.
0: On the one hand, it seems like when you send out an email that says, or you have a, a website landing page that says offer available through you know May whatever, May 5th, May 4th, whatever it was, you would expect that that would be the case. but. Amex pulled these offers. I think they started sending out targeted emails 24 hours in advance. They let affiliates know maybe 12 hours in advance. And poof, these offers were gone. I think regardless of the issue of you know whether they should do this, the bigger issue is they can do it. They do it. And because of that, we need to remember that in this game, and we've said, it, we've said it several times the last couple of weeks, like don't go to bed without doing something you think you need to do because you could wake up tomorrow and it's gone, right? Uh, it could be that first class flight you want. It could be that credit card offer you want. So if you're ready for something and it's available, do it now because it could be gone tomorrow.
1: Yep. Yeah, get it done, get those points, get that offer, get that flight, whatever you need to do one last update in the credit card world capital one which is a bank that a lot of people love mostly tv commercials i think loves capital one Um, a lot of people in the travel rewards game struggle to get approved by capital one for cards they're much pickier than a lot of the other banks but they do have a new offer out now if you haven't had too many cards recently then their venture card is available with It's a tiered bonus, so you have to do a decent amount of spend for it But it's a 50,000 point offer for the first 3,000 in spend and then another 50,000 points for 20,000 in spend total But you have 12 months to complete that spend So it's there's a lot of arguments one way or another if that's worth it to put that much in spend on a venture a capital one venture card over 12 months but we want to make people aware that it is available if that's a card you're looking to pick up for one reason or another because that is a total of a hundred thousand point bonus plus you're putting twenty three thousand dollars in spend earning two points per dollar on that so you're up over a hundred and forty thousand points one hundred and forty six thousand points by the time you're done with that spending which those can take you quite a ways um, a minimum of fourteen hundred
0: dollars. If you're
1: if you're gonna cash them out at a penny per
0: point. If you don't want the fourteen hundred dollar bonus, yeah. You also can transfer to partners, right? They they've now added the ability to transfer to partners. Unfortunately, you know, they have a great marketing campaign, two miles per dollar, no blackout dates, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's really more like one and a half airline miles per dollar because most most of their transfer partners transfer two miles to 1.5. So it, it's kind of like a Chase Freedom Unlimited or Inc. Unlimited where you earn 1.5x on everything. Capital One Venture is the same. So I haven't really done the math on this, but it should be something just north of 100,000 airline miles. And there are some pretty good partners, Singapore and things like that. So at the end of the day, it could be a hundred to 110,000 airline mile signup bonus. But again, $20,000 spend. This card is not for everyone. And unfortunately, a lot of people that may be able to do that spend uh, will not be approved because they apparently don't like people with really good credit. They prefer mediocre credit. And they do not like churners at all. I actually
1: got uh, a rejection trying to get a Capital One Venture card a few years ago. And the letter that came in the mail said that I was not carrying enough balances on my other revolving credit accounts. And I was like, wait, I'm not <laughs> supposed to carry balances. And, but basically they were saying, look, we're not going to make money from you. So we're not yeah. going to give you this card. So it's a it's a tricky thing to get one of their cards. And if you're spending $20,000 over the course of 12 months, you could do several sign up bonuses with that $20,000. So again, not necessarily an offer that we're saying go out and grab this offer but it is an offer that's there it's a hundred thousand point total bonus so if it's if it's something that appeals to you and you think you can get one of those cards might be worth applying for
0: and last point on this card this is one of those if you're new to this game don't apply for this card or another card like this that you think has a you know hundred thousand point offer don't apply for one of those until you speak to someone a little more experienced in the game and just get their two cents on the situation i'm sure jeff would agree you can email or reach out to Jeff or I on, on social media. You can reach out to another blogger uh, or someone that runs a Facebook group or a friend that you've met in the game. Talk to someone before you just go out uh, you know, in the middle of the night and say, ah, I'm going for it. Maybe maybe run it by somebody. I've done that a couple of times, and they've really pointed out things to me. They're like, aha, I totally missed that. You're right. I shouldn't do this. Or you're right. I should pay that extra annual fee for this card versus that card so especially for the newbies out there reach out and talk to someone before you before you pull the trigger on cards such as these
1: yeah and like you said that we are always happy to answer questions and help out especially on social media it is a great place to get a hold of us or to get a hold of really anyone that you see putting out content in the travel reward space is usually willing to answer questions and, and help you out if you're not sure about a card. Lots of places you can
0: ask those questions. Absolutely. And that's it for the credit card updates, but we have a little bit of travel news. Jeff is out and about this week having fun on spring break. And I know we've alluded to car rental problems over the last couple of weeks. First, Jeff, why don't you tell our listeners about your car rental situation this past weekend, and then tell us a little bit about your experience so far, the last four or five days, traveling during... Uh, a COVID spring break. Sure. There's, I have, I have a whole lot to say of our experience so far. The
1: first thing with the car (laughs) rental, we talked about it when, in the interview with Charles and I was worried about picking up my car rental and I had reserved a car and this and that. So the night before I left on this trip, I went to pull up the numbers so that I would, I wouldn't have to dig through my emails when I got to the airport and (laughs) realized I never actually reserved a car. So I looked at them and I looked at the different pricing, but I had not actually made a car rental reservation So it's good that I looked at that the day before I probably paid a little more than I needed to reserving the day before for a uh, multi-state return it in a different location car rental, but We got it. We got there. It was it took a while to get through the line when we got to the airport We ended up renting through dollar rent a car which is not one of my go-to's typically, but they had a significantly cheaper pricing than Avis or National or Hertz or any of the the big ones. So I got there and I heard someone down at the Avis desk telling, explaining to someone like, I would love to give you a car but we have no cars and I was like, oh no, it's happening. (laughs) I'm gonna be stuck here. And the woman ahead of me had to wait a little bit but she was looking for a big suv and i she said there was one coming in scheduled to come in in the next hour or something and i was like please have a full-size car for me please have a full-size car for me and of course they did not have a full-size car for me and she said you're gonna have to wait a little bit it's here but we just we just have to get something cleaned for you and sanitized and i was like okay that shouldn't be too bad but you know how that can go it could be five minutes it could be an hour, it could be two hours. So I went back over to my family who was hungry and had just flown and was ready for a car and said, hey, we don't have a car yet. And really by the time I got done explaining to, that, to them what was going on and how we might have to wait, I got called back over to the desk. It was under a five minute wait. And I went over and the woman said, so we didn't have the full size car, but we do. I'm gonna go ahead and upgrade you a little bit. And we'll get you out of here. And I was like, okay, great, fantastic. And she gave me the the spot number for it. And we walked out and we ended up, we had reserved a full-size car. We ended up with a a Nissan Rogue SUV, which was perfect for our family of four for a road trip and probably 14, 15 hours of driving total on this trip. So that ended up working out very well with not too much of a weight. I have seen, I mean, I saw the person from Avis. They had no idea when they were going to get that car. And I have heard and read a lot of things that people did not have as good an experience as I did getting their rental cars on spring break here.
0: So it wasn't a terrible experience, so to speak, but you did see at least evidence of, uh, the issues we're hearing about in data points to confirm. It's definitely a problem kind of just hit or miss what company.
1: Yeah. And, and the woman ahead of me with dollar also was still waiting when I left the airport. So I don't know how long it took her to get a car. So it's definitely don't plan. Don't buy tickets for anything shortly after you plan to pick up a rental car if you're traveling anywhere in the next few months because you don't know if it might take a little while to get that car. I think I got pretty lucky with that. And then we'll move on to, I guess, you asked about what it's like traveling during this time. We're in kind of middle America. We flew into Louisville, Kentucky. Then we went down to the mammoth cave area cave city and then we came up to evansville indiana and then over to st louis and that's where i where we are now that uh, when we're recording this and then we're going to go over to kansas city and fly home from there and generally we've we've been to a couple of national parks we went to mammoth cave national park today we're at the gateway arch or the st louis arch national park I can say that the national parks are doing incredibly well with their COVID procedures and making sure people are wearing masks and having one-way traffic through all the areas and limiting the number of people. There was at Mammoth Caves, there was only one tour available and normally they have eight or 10 tours, I think. So I don't know that I would recommend going there at this point because the one tour was through a section like, they they show all these formations on the t-shirts and all the advertisements for the park. We didn't see any of that because none of those tours were running. So I wouldn't recommend necessarily going to Mammoth Cave at this point. They were running things very well, if you are already there or have a trip planned shortly. And then the same with Gateway Arch, running things very well. Overall, in the areas we've traveled, we have been shocked at the amount of people who are not wearing masks or It's probably 50% of people who are wearing masks outside of those parks. And 50% of those people who are wearing them are not wearing them correctly. We've had a couple of servers at restaurants or people who we've been buying tickets from who are wearing a mask, but then they pull it down to talk to you, which defeats the purpose completely. So we've just been shocked at how bad those procedures are while we've been traveling. As far as how busy things have been, it hasn't been bad. There are definitely people out and traveling, and the parks the parks were sold out of their tours because there are very limited capacities, but we haven't seen a huge rush at the airport or anywhere we've been.
0: In terms of your activities and tours and things, uh, do you, do you have the sense that everything needs to be booked in advance with a reservation, or can you kind of show up and do what you want when you want? For the national parks, absolutely, things need to be booked in advance.
1: They were, both days, they were completely out of tickets. We almost didn't get to see the Louisville Slugger Museum because we had not booked that ahead of time and they were sold out online for, I don't remember how long, for a long time. And they happened to release some each day and they had a couple left for the last tour the first day we got into town. So we got lucky and got to go through and tour that. The, one of the park rangers at Mammoth Caves said that they were sold out of online bookings for the tour that we took, since they're just running the one tour, until, I think he said, the third week of April. So, that's, I mean, that's pretty far out. A month out. in advance, and they release, yeah. They released some in the morning. Um, he had told Chrissy that there were eight or ten people in line at 6 a.m., when he got there and when they opened, all of the tickets for the day were sold within 10 or 15 minutes. So definitely book ahead if you're going to anything that you need tickets for.
0: Well, thanks for sharing your experiences during your spring break trip. I'm glad you all are having fun and able to travel uh, safely and have some fun while doing so. I think, again, your experience is just another good reminder for our listeners. Much like 2020 was a weird experience for us all. I think summer travel 2021 is also going to be a weird experience for most families traveling. You need to book things further in advance than you ever would. Things you didn't need to book before, you're going to need to book in advance. And most importantly, you need to expect those curveballs and things going wrong. After you book your flights, they're probably going to be changed multiple times. Uh, You may lose your nonstop and go to a connection. Uh, You may show up and have a five-minute wait for a rental car. You may have a five-hour wait for a rental car. So need to be flexible, need to be fluid, and need to know that probably nothing will go to plan. But that doesn't mean it can't be a perfect family vacation in its own right.
1: And I would say at this point, at least, maybe this will get better as the summer goes on, but a lot of the smaller things that you may plan to do on a family vacation are not open. When we were in the Cave City area of Kentucky, we had hoped to do some canoeing or kayaking in the river there. We saw an alpine slide advertised. We were hoping to do that. None of that was running because of COVID, because of the sanitization issues that they would have. So a lot of things that we saw, we thought, you know, yeah, this would be really cool, but we haven't been able to do it. A lot of the touch exhibits at the national parks and some of the educational stuff was not running, so we couldn't do that. So it's a different experience where you're traveling. We're in St. Louis right now. I would love to go out to a a blues club and listen to some live music tonight. I don't think that exists here right now. I don't know. Maybe there's some smaller ones or maybe I can find an outdoor venue, but it's supposed to get down to freezing tonight, so that's probably not even happening here either. So expect things to not go smoothly and things not to be as available as they normally would be when you're traveling this summer. That's for sure. And I think that's about all we have for the updates this week. As we're doing this every week, we'll get back with you next episode and have some more for you. And uh, I think that's all for the miles and points with pints. Well, we hope you had as much fun listening to Charles as we did talking to him. And we hope you enjoyed
0: our weekly updates
1: on credit cards and what's going on in travel too.
0: All of the important points and links for what we talked about during our conversation will be in the show notes, so you can pick up anything that you missed the first time through. The easiest place to find those notes is at milesandpints.com. Thanks so much for listening to
1: Miles and Pints, the Travel and Beer Podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe so you can hear all of our new episodes as soon as they're released. Tell your friends and family about us so they can enjoy the show too. And please take a few minutes to leave us a review on your favorite listening
0: platform. In between episodes, you can get more travel and beer content by following at Miles and Pints on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. You can also stop by our Facebook page at facebook.com slash milesandpints. And that's all we have for this episode. Until next time, we hope you'll find
1: yourselves a little bit of travel, a little bit of beer, and a whole lot of fun.
4: I